I-V-M. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 55 of Shunya 1. Unfortunately, Sheila Ditya couldn't be here for the introduction, but let me drop you right into the episode fairly quickly. We have a great conversation with Samir Pitarwala, who's the founder of Culture Machine. Samir uh, talks quite a bit about the intersection of tech and media and how these things work together, how he's kind of created a company that marries the two. It's a really interesting conversation, which I think you'll definitely enjoy. Also on our Slack channel, we've had uh, quite a bit of activity over the last couple of days. Saurabh Das, our previous guest, has been asking a bunch of questions and uh, has been participating a bit. Uh, he's made a request for a episode type, which you're definitely going to try and get on. Shilitya uh, Doshi Amit, this is from Saurabh on Slack. I'd really love to hear a Shunya One episode centered around privacy and how our trust is being abused by startups in India and what harm it causes us as consumers. The topic popped up once again in my head because of the Paytm giving away our private information thing that's been unfolding in the news. It's an interesting conversation. I think that is something that we should definitely talk about and figure out, you know, exactly what's going on here, uh, what is and what isn't allowed and what people are doing. And uh, yes, yeah, we're definitely going to try and get, do an episode on that. And uh, we'll get into the conversation with somebody right after this quick word from our sponsor, Setu IMAX. All right, today we're here with Samir Pitalwala, the CEO and co-founder of Culture Machine. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It's Pitalwala. Pital. <laughs> That's what I thought. Pital. I was wondering you said Pital. Yeah, I thought it was Pital. I, I wanted you to correct it just like a lot of people mess up my name. How Your name has uh, 36 characters in it. It's the longest name. Sheila Aditya Mukotopadya. Wait, there's a kotha? No, there isn't. There That's isn't. exactly okay, yeah. what he's okay, saying. All right. Yeah. But, all right. How, how do you pronounce it? Pittadwala. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Mine is Sheila Aditya Mukopadya. Mukopadya. Yes. Bro, that uh, every time you fill up a form, you curse yourself. You know? You're like, I know. Fuck. I know. Right, Sheila Aditya. Then you have to write full name. Yes, I lose I lose check boxes sometimes. Like. <laughs> and you go outside and the margin. Outside the margin, mm-hmm. above the line, all of those things. So, yes, welcome to the show. This is Shunya One, where you are our guest here. So, let's keep the conversation on you. I, of course, have a lot of stories about how uh, we know each other mm. and how we've met at uh, fancy... Uh, video streaming events where mm. uh, you know they're the, with open bars open and bars. Uh, a whole lot of chaos uh, towards later in the evening mm. i know we are sitting here on a friday evening uh, talking about tech but mm. <laughs> <laughs> we've had better so yeah. obviously culture machine is this awesome tech slash video slash advertising slash content company mm. but before this why don't you tell us uh, what your story has been and how culture machine came to be the short version is that uh, I started out trying to be uh, the great Indian writer, writing the great Indian book, uh, and decided that all like all great Indian writers trying to make a living out of it, the only way out is to become a journalist because they pay you by the word. Uh, so I should write uh, technology reviews and gaming and science-related uh, content for newspapers. And uh, quickly realized that I was filling up ad space around the content rather than actually writing something so and then moved on to give up sort of journalism and uh, moved on to regular just one day walked into fought with the editor uh, at the newspaper and uh, walked out and walked into in the same complex uh, a television station 
and uh, got jobs as a content writer and realized that they didn't have a website so if you don't have a website my job was pretty much useless <laughs> uh, <laughs> which which place was this <clears throat> this was zoom a zoom the television channel and uh, and it was a kind of odd because it's a tv company what are you going to write on a website writing text so that's when i realized that okay you know there's two options either i quit again uh, after <laughs> and i have no other place to go <laughs> or i end up building the website and since i had some tech jobs i uh, went about doing it and then i got more enamored by the video production process uh, because it was all analog uh, things were on tapes and uh, there was uh, you know the entire process was uh, I and mean, this is in 2003 2004 no actually 2005 6 so the whole process was something which was uh, quite uh, laborious because once the content would be actually shot they would come and they would encode it which means that uh, they would take tapes and digitize the tapes once the tapes are digitized they would be indexed and then they would be again uh, they would be in- edited then there would be a master copy which would be sent out physically for a play out so and that time youtube had you know had, had spent time in uh, studying in england and had seen youtube really grow there because the internet was better than it was in india mm-hmm. and uh, inherently zoom's content was uh, bite size it was 2 to 3 minutes so i thought okay you know what if you digitize this chop it up and put it up it's gossipy content most likely people will watch it and it blew up we became the largest youtube channel in the country and remained that for 3 years and uh, during that time aws had just launched so techcrunch as you as we all know was at a point of time in space where you could actually read techcrunch end to end and know pretty much everything that was happening in the I world of the internet i used to read internet. every article on techcrunch same same yeah. here and you you know you could actually keep pace you knew what was going on you yeah. knew what was going on yeah and uh, aws had just launched and there was a company called oyala which won the aws challenge and these guys were ex googlers uh, they were in fact one of the first batch of uh, the initial hires so they'd all made money via the google exit as an ipo and really smart sort of engineers who had worked on adsense and they started this company on video distribution which was you know they built like a full stack which had their own player mm-hmm. and had uh, ad server integrations that time we paid and vast and all those compliances and guidelines and video players wasn't there so i got really intrigued by this because you know youtube was obviously free but it was really limited right and uh, by the time we had become really big on youtube uh, Google, youtube officially had not even entered india mm-hmm. so we actually produ- while we were, we were producing a welcome to india video for youtube and uh, monetization sucked so we began to go and burn ads inside the video and we yeah, should sell that uh, because there was no ad true view there was no free roll there was no true view skip ad hadn't been invented yet yeah. so we should burn the ads inside of youtube which was against youtube's policy so um, uh, youtube said listen if you guys keep doing this as a way to make money we're going to shut you down so he said no nah, no no don't do that so <laughs> we, i went and um, spoke, called these guys one day up randomly at 3 am in the morning and uh, at that time in california and uh, yeah the next thing we had got our own video player then opened up that api allowed everybody to integrate that inside of their websites we had a, like 300 vast publisher network which was plugging in the video mm-hmm. uh, but it was with the player so okay. if you wanted bollywood news you would get the full stack service right. you would be able to actually run uh, queries if you wanted all a full sharukh khan playlist but the great part is the video would be played inside of my player which right. allowed us to control all the advertising and get first party information mm-hmm. 
from the websites and the publishers. Okay. Embedded player, basically. Yes, at that point. This was still in Zoom. Yeah, this was still in Zoom. Yeah. And then, uh, so sort of my love affair with video began there because it's a new unit. The internet right. was new. The iPhone had just about released at that point of time. Okay. And from there on, yeah, uh, moved to Times Internet and then ran that, the business for the entire group there and uh, built an ad network out, did a lot of live streaming in the early days, a uh, lot of work with a uh, lot of CDN providers in the early days back when there were no nice. pops in India. Yeah, and finished that and uh, kind of uh, was uh, growing a little tired of what was uh, basically repetitive in a larger company. And I've shifted to UTV, which is where I really got into more of the production and the storytelling part because UTV actually had a lot more of the production ethos. Right. And that with, um, and then when Disney acquired, we launched some really cool apps with your friend Kuldeep, by the way. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, on the Kul- Windows platform. Correct. On uh, Not on the Windows platform, on the J2ME and the Symbian platform. Oh, we, wow. going further back. Yes, going further back. And those... Uh, 25 million downloads, that's what Kuldeep and I got at the Nokia store. It was our most watched video app which we had that's launched. That's crazy. It's quite crazy. Yeah. I have a lot of insight into what kind of numbers Nokia <laughs> stores used to get. Yes, yes. And that was, that is insane. Yeah, it was insane. You know what? Uh, basically, there was this company called Jixi. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was acquired by the Sequoia funded company, which is actually right around, it used to be right around the corner in Khar. Okay. And it was run by a Blackberry, it was co-founded by a Blackberry engineer who, oh. who, who in Bangladesh had tested out this protocol which allowed for uh, low latency video streaming over its own proprietary protocol which is why they had to download the app actually was a player right okay. so what it did was it allowed you on j2me phones to actually have a sublime video streaming experience in on edge wow. and uh, that uh, they were struggling with it because uh, essentially they tried to build it like a they didn't have the funding to build a full marketplace around it but the core encryption app around the video encoding was really good so what I did was I white labeled it and then plugged it inside the entire library of what uh, UTV and Disney had and launched verticalized apps and then uh, Nokia blasted on the store. The next thing we knew it had like, <laughs> it had <laughs> all of these communities just like downloading various apps uh, for video and right. it was a data dark market, right? None mm-hmm. of these guys had ever, the phone sometimes didn't even sub, su- uh, support video natively. 3GP. Yep. And uh, 3GPP, the 3G. video format, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, next thing this uh, began to blow up. Um, and uh, yeah, then after uh, doing that at UTV, we got acquired by Disney. And during that period of time, I said, you know, done the technology piece at times, the platform production piece. Now let's combine both of these together and figure out sort of a company of my own. And that's when I decided to kind of do Culture Machine. Wow, that's that's actually quite a nice formative story, right? Yeah. Because yeah. what you said was you had hands-on and real-world experience on all these aspects of what we today see as video, right? This entire generic sort of catch-all phrase, which mm. we say streaming in yeah. general involves so many things. Obviously, there's the bedrock tech and all of that. Then there is also the monetization aspect, which is advertising and which is always... I think evolving, uh, mm-hmm. we're only seeing new and newer ways in which people are trying to spin monetization on video because it's so always relevant. Although, funnily, we are on a podcast yes. where we don't like video so much. Yes, I know. <laughs> we believe that audio is equally uh, powerful. It is the future. It is the future. <laughs> and the past. What goes around comes around. Mm. Yes. But since we're talking about video today, and of course, Culture Machine, going deeper into what you actually built out... Mm. 
obviously i know that there's a lot of cool tech that you guys have built right there's a lot of uh, underlying platform uh, approach that you have mm. uh, but at the same time you're also into content creation right so what 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 made you choose this sort of two sided uh, situation which i think are fundamentally uh, different skill sets i would say yeah i think it's a combination really of my interests uh, it's the arts and the 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 engineering side of it in fact content creation itself i think is a fairly technical process if you look at it from the perspective of when you're trying to create content you are using everything from you're using you're playing with electrons essentially right from you're playing with light you're capturing it on a camera which is digital nowadays and we've always shot on digital ever since we were born as a firm you're editing in software which itself is essentially manipulating right. sort of uh, electrons and then you're outputting that and putting it again on digital platforms right. so the, actually if you think about it the whole end to end process is actually a technological process mm-hmm. uh, the only part which isn't is really the scripting really right. and you know yes sure the creative the creative the creative itself is but if you think about it well that's also engineering right all engineering when you're writing code is creative as a process right. like, and i find you know uh the process similar to writing code and writing a script right you actually trying to create something <laughs> by just typing yeah. it out yeah so i found those always to be a marriage of sort of uh, two of my deep interests which is generally i love literature and i gen- i genuinely love technology and love technology as in what you can build out of it right uh loving technology is not buying new iphone <laughs> well, <laughs> i love That's technology when i gadget liya so i i like what you are able to do with it in order to make things better faster cheaper and uh, i think that's why uh, it's sort of a great play pen to have for me in order to kind of combine both of those um sort of like what i did when i was right covering or writing stories about technology you're writing but about tech and mm-hmm. this sort of is a combination to right. sort of build out a modern media infrastructure release actually a building out core technology so what is the platform play then which you guys built out and was it always like what you envisioned it would be from the start or has it how has it evolved over these years yeah it's it's kind of been sort of like that always i think uh, what we were clear about when we started is we didn't want to innovate in the distribution aspect of video because mm-hmm. i'd done that i'd seen the likes of oyala and youtube and facebook and all do it and attempt it plus they had a monthly active user base which could mm-hmm. always keep attracting audiences what we really found uh, intriguing was to innovate on technology in the creation aspect of content mm-hmm. so think of it right in building software but not to distribute content but software to actually create content mm-hmm. and that's where we began to kind of think about how would a how would a world in which uh, every platform is video it would be a world which has infinite sort of channels a world which has infinite amount of consumption uh, possibilities and then you need to cre- the creation however is still stymied mm-hmm. uh, the reason being that it is a hard process video creation is a very hard process and how do you actually know what to create and i think those kind of questions are basis what we began to create um, the first sort of formative uh, parts of our technology platform and that's what you call the video machine yeah it's a intelligence machine and video machine sort mm-hmm. of one tells you what to create and the other one helps you create it wow those are very cool sounding names yeah it's fairly generic names <laughs> I, i'm i'm the official name of everything in the company <laughs> but but even though i think what you guys are doing with that tech is fairly cool right i mean yeah. the intelligence machine is i mean something which is a video analysis or a video analyzation yeah. platform and then you have video machine which literally creates videos mm. 
from just that input. Yeah. So how how does that exactly work? Why don't you tell us a little more about the platform itself? So intelligence machine, we early on kind of uh, did data integrations with YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Vimeo. Um, and these were typically both media APIs, but also wrote our own crawlers and now index close to about three and a half billion videos a day. Wow. And uh, fairly new large videos data set. a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, new videos a day means it keeps updating the corpus because, you know, you have 400 hours right. of content uploaded per minute. But then there's viewership statistics and engagement right. data. So around the three, yeah, up. those things keep coming up. And um, you you index that and then you the real sort of value of that was the ability to add sort of using data science the to add uh, sort of our own algorithms which allows us to enunciate what formats of content are working well. Now, for example, this podcast is a talk show, right. but it could also be an interview. It could also be, for example, a stand-up open comedy mic or whatever. So right. uh, these are formats of content in just this room, right, which you could do. But they all elicit a different reaction. They all elicit different kind of engagement. Um, so, for example, what you do with Cyrus is a comedy talk show. Right. This one is more of a technology show. Right. Uh, so, what the technology does is that it's able to analyze the data in and around the video mm-hmm. and actually create a synthesis and say, hey, this is what the format of the video is. Mm-hmm. This is the influencer which is doing really well at it. This is right. the topicality. This is the sort of trend around which it was built. Uh, this is the engagement. And in the future, the ability to predict that if this was an idea which you were able to write out, then this is the potential capability of it to get this kind of engagement and viewership. That's so, interesting. So how do you kind of... Uh, so a lot of people who are more into the artsy space, right? Mm. They are all about like, you know, the creative impulse and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. how do you kind of bring them on board with this idea? Because I mean, like, you know, this, uh, the data that you're collecting, the algorithms that you're creating mm. and mm. the output that you're getting out of that, you still need to kind of go to a final creative to kind of like, you know, start putting stuff together yeah. in it's this. How do they react to that? I think... Uh the tango between IM and VM is a lot more in sync than that with the typical production process. The typical production process, as you have rightly pointed out, is still sort of, hey, listen, here's a great idea. Thanks for the insights, but, uh, you know, yeah, here's, I want to do, yeah. yeah. do it this way. And, and to be honest, I think uh, that works uh, a lot more than sometimes just looking at data and trying to be lost inside of that because right. the data will not, it needs a certain kind of mind to elicit creativity out of raw data. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to find, right? You probably need a statistician who's an artist and likes right. literature and yeah. who's probably got a creative bent of mind to anyway, put it all together. Which is basically the impossible candidate. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> But using what you have, right? Using yeah. the input sources that you have and obviously putting a layer of now that we know this is essentially ML mm. and, you know, machine learning, it's constantly updating. It's getting, getting better. And yes. that's when yes. the VM kicks in. Correct. And see, you know, when we when we started with Video Machine, it used to kind of uh, spit out, uh, you've seen the Vinamp uh, visualization milk yeah. milk visualization you know basically it used to be a visual you started up and you get these Vinamp visualizations right. that's all that video machine was able to be hmm. creating cut to four years later it actually produces gorgeous looking videos which get us 300 million views okay um, and are used by advertisers in multiple markets but uh, the real value of that was the for the render see the, to render something is fine hmm. but then to have the ability to take human creativity and t- templatize it right and then automate it 
and then scale it that's really where, you know that's we all know how engineering works right? right you don't build something day one you build it like a stack oh, right. of bricks right. yeah right and uh, that's where it's come to and you know in technology is an arc right you keep adding to it and then eventually it gets to the vision but it gets to the vision with a whole truckload of compute power and a lot of great engineering right. yeah. <laughs> so that's how it comes to and that's uh, i guess that arc has continued in the right direction for us right and what kind of videos can vm today make like just as an example uh if you go to any of our facebook pages well it can tell you documentary videos is what it can produce it produces uh short form vertical videos instagram stories horizontal videos uh it creates video ads so it can it, it's pretty much like so the whole idea was to build a wordpress for video Essentially, right. it's WordPress for video. You know, but it, it, very uh, little, con- like you having to do very little work. Yeah, I mean, the human element is still involved because you still have to write a script out. You right. still have to curate assets. You know, you can't just right. say. You can't just say, okay, I just pull whatever. Correct. Uh, and a large part of it is also to do with the fact that searches. You know, if I want to do something about Palestine, hmm. uh, and I do a search query, we have integrations with a whole bunch of source providers. so it it can spit out anything right? right you know computer vision still isn't at the place where it's uh, where you are using a combination of that and ml to learn how the editor thinks right. and operates and then Correct. choose assets so eventually you'll get there but we're not there yet right. so it still has a layer but it's pretty much sort of a bionic arm right what to take a mm-hmm. human being probably two days to do it does in 15 minutes so it's still right. more it brings efficiency tremendous efficiency to the process wow that's That's very cool, actually. Yeah, so I've always cool. wanted to uh, sort of. Uh, every time we've spoken about uh, mm. this, I think it's just gotten cooler and cooler. And uh, there'll be a time when I'll see a video and I'll not know whether it's real or handmade or machine made. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, everything is machine made. Everything yeah, but that, that is, is machine that is true, made. Yeah. But it's still controlled by. <laughs> yeah. So is this? The editor gets to choose what text goes on there, which image goes mm. on there, right? Mm. But then with so much. I think the real fun part will be when you are able to use uh, you will to use machine learning to conjure assets. Exactly. Right. Right. So right now we're not there. Obviously, right. see, we use a whole bunch of stock, right, which is right. sourced and licensed. Right. But what in a world where you could train a machine to say, "Here is how uh, sparrows look." Why don't you draw one? Why don't you make one? Right. And it's able to actually. conjure one right. that stuff i think that's, is that's, that's a fun. whole next level that's all i mean yeah. essentially you're already there with deep fakes well. in some manner you're already there with deep fakes right. but yeah. uh, but actually it's pretty much you're there and i was fact, i was going to ask you about that yeah, that's a, yeah. Uh, about you know if so if you were speaking about this a year ago they were like yeah it eventually happened but guess what you know you're we are here and yeah. As of uh, May 2018, you can actually do what we are talking about. Mm, you yes. can actually conjure up a human being, basis. Uh, Could be Barack Obama. Yeah, as we've seen. <laughs> as we've seen. I think they've been in. In fact, the one which was done recently, there've been better ones done by universities in the past. But you know, obviously, they neural networks have not been so easily available as of. I mean, probably over the last three, four months, AWS and Google Cloud, etc., have been able to you know give you access to things like Tensor, so you can yeah. do some really cool machine learning on top of that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, a lot of these things, uh, the earlier ones, you had to pretty much uh, you know train those data sets uh, from scratch. From yeah. yeah. So I, uh, today it's insane. You can literally. So in fact, we downloaded this. Uh, you know, the deep fake app is easy to download, <laughs> and uh, we have a really cool GPU at uh, work. We have a NVIDIA Titan Five. It's a lakh and a half. Uh, okay. And, uh it's got some incredible it's got some uh i don't know it's some ridiculous uh, six or uh, three and a half 
gigahertz uh, and some six core processors it's souped up i mean i can't remember how, but it's probably the most souped up uh, gpu that you have right. so we use that for some of our data science stuff just to test stuff out and uh, and then we loaded up the i was loading up the deep fake app and trying to train it with some sort of videos on my mac <laughs> macbook air and <laughs> that shit was taking a lot of time and then uh, we're using this sort of uh, souped up machine for our vr stuff so i loaded up there and it literally it trained up within a matter of 5 hours 5 6 hours it trained up a whole bunch of salman khan videos uh, which i hope i don't know what the team's doing but i hope they come <laughs> back with it i've been telling them to do something about that but i think it will be fun to actually you know play, uh, play, play yeah that. to play around that you know yeah. that's the great part about cms that you have this sort of uh, combo of engine content and you also have viewership right we have yeah. a truckload of viewership yeah, on so our channel that. so you can do stuff like this and actually put it out in the world <laughs> wonderful on that note before this uh, goes all over the place i'm going to yeah. take a quick break and come back uh, but we will come back to the deep fakes and what's next mm. for the world of video all right welcome back we've taken a longish break just to talk about audio illusions which Laurel seem to be Laurel and Yanni which seem to be the talk of the week yes they are it seems that priyanka is the only person who can hear the words yanni yes and we all hear or yes we'll not open this up to a vote well, i think our slack channel will be inundated with yeah, just yeah please tell people. us on slack laurel or yanni what did you hear <laughs> there you go call to action how about that yes but since of course we are a podcast we're really happy that there are audio illusions now if we live in a new world <laughs> the medium is being reinvigorated <laughs> yes uh we never thought this would happen because radio is bigger than tv now yes. <laughs> because uh, clearly Some... video was always the one who was taking all the limelight and doing mm. cool stuff and uh, coming back to what we were talking about earlier uh the fact that you can generate video mm. right itself of course in its current form it's like it's it's crazy it's it's we're living in a world where you don't know what is real what is fake and uh the impact of that is again a whole different uh you know sense of cognitive illusions what's your understanding of how you run this as a business of course right so what is the Most business need for this and how do you fulfill that and how does the tech all come together the business need for what the technology the yeah the wise obviously you're making video you're monetizing video uh, you're i guess uh, really what happened was uh, you have the fundamental layer which is tcpip and on top of that are built applications and youtube is uh, such an application facebook is such an application all of these as the as bandwidth grew really what what happened was with personalization we all kind of had our own sort of uh, echo chamber and uh, that has only accelerated because if you think about it today there is uh, echo chambers which themselves have become networks so think of facebook as sort of this star plus right where 350 million people probably use it every month and definitely about about 150 200 million use it every day uh, similarly whatsapp as well and then you also have these sort of networks which are like share chat which are only focused on say a certain parts of india and then you have others still which are instagram and share and whatever snapchat so inherently these are sort of your modern day media networks and uh, you know you need a company uh, which has the ability to navigate storytelling across them 
just like you had uh, cable and satellite you know this is the modern day cable and satellite mm-hmm. and just like you had the wirecoms and the turners and the disneys uh, for that world you will have your culture machines for this world so i think that's what's really going to happen and it's already happened i mean we see it around us you throw a stone everybody is a content creator yeah. you throw a stone some of those content creators become media companies those media companies amass knowledge of how to run business technology and distribution and end up becoming media firms and i think that's really what's happened um, it's sort of a it's a little bit of the old wine in new bottle uh, but it's still fundamentally it's unique because of the fact that the platform to distribute has changed but yeah. otherwise you know the and business a, model is the same at right? a different scale altogether it's a different scale altogether you know if you ran if you're a print baron say if you are the folks that ran washington post or uh, maybe if you are the guys who run gujarat samachar mm-hmm. you are operating in geographical boundary because your media is atomic right when your media becomes electronic you are able to sling it uh, to a much vaster scale right and i think uh, with the internet uh, not only was there disruption in the distribution but there's also distri- disruption which happened parallelly in the creation of it which allowed you know somebody like an amit to start an ibm which is in this because the only space which he needs is something which is like this uh, and you know devices that's it now he can distribute everywhere right. so i think uh, that calls for a it's no doubt that you need a new kind of a firm to navigate these waters because it's a new species right. uh, it's a new ocean it's going to have a new species and uh, similarly the species in order to survive will arm itself and typically you arm yourself with technology right, right. <laughs> no, so even even in the larger uh, ott space as mm, we call it mm. or uh, the space which operates uh, where a netflix or a amazon video or all mm. these guys who are primarily content creators yeah. and but of course again massively uh, distributed technology platforms as well correct they're operating and they're riding and they're trying to beat tv they're trying to beat yeah. cinema the old school they have to work really hard but they have to spend a lot of money on content making that content and then they have to spend equal amounts of efforts on uh, distributing and maintaining mm. their platform and acquiring users and acquiring customers and making an app and making doing all the the tech stuff as well as the content stuff so what's your you know uh, take on this sort of really challenging space don't you think doing both is like a killer i think uh, if you look at uh, let's take uh, the old lady of buri bandar right mm-hmm. times where i cut my teeth now you drive down the western express on kandivli on top of a mountain you'll see uh, the printing press yes that printing press is essentially aws if you think about it it's the aws of the 90s mid 90s and you know uh, 2000s aws for print right essentially without that that has ink it has uh, paper it has a supply chain behind it and in front of it it has a large distribution network which gets the paper to your doorstep it has a subscription model so if you look at the fundamentals without that infrastructure and distribution you know an incumbent would have now become a monop- would would have become would have lost its monopoly the reason it retained that monopoly is because of infrastructure and i remember in fact about 2 years ago the times actually won a patent for uh, innovation in printing 
ഇന്ത്യൻസ്റ്റിംഗ് um and were able to be uh, when the when the waters rose they had the boats there and then right. you know they also had um uh, cash working capitals which and cash flows which were a lot bigger and were able to then figure out this whole art of content creation right. you know actually art of content creation even for the studios mm-hmm. has always been taste buds and commissioning right so I, you know it's actually not that hard to see and um, some firms just forgot that they were essentially at core a technology company right so uh, when you talk about like something like your intelligence machine right and when you look at like how netflix or amazon uh, roll out new shows uh-huh. is that like in the same kind of sphere because i mean like uh, i remember hearing stories about like how netflix decided to do house of yeah, cards yeah. right <laughs> they looked at like hey political shows work nasty uh, you know people were d- mean people doing mean things to people that kind of works and they kind of built house of cards based on that kind of yeah. uh, so in fact the netflix head of data science Scott oh. Holloway sits on our advisory board. Ah, okay. uh, so he's the same guy actually his team is runs the data science stuff but obviously we focus a lot more on advertising funded right. content and they obviously subscription funded right. content and their data sets are completely theirs. Right. Um uh, Netflix shut off the API like 7 8 years ago. Hmm. Uh, they used to have an open API. Yeah, yeah. there's still I, I still hear people talking about their Netflix data set and people keep wanting to use it and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. but now it's obviously proprietary yeah. to them. Um so yeah it is in some manner similar but you know to be honest it didn't always work in the manner that the machines mm. spat out saying kevin spacey Ke- david fincher right. and political drama it was actually intuitive as well they looked at gaps in catalog right. if you go into the detail of it i think it's interesting about how they use that data in order to actually arrive at that decision mm. it's not like you know there's a terminal and it flashes on top with a card which has been spit out and <laughs> says go ahead and you know pay him a million dollars but uh, Yeah, but it definitely plays a vital role uh, i think it's played a vital role in the way they have looked at a catalog acquisitions right. as well if you look right. at their recent purchase of uh, i think dark horse media they purchased okay. a whole suite oh, of yeah. characters yeah, sure. from them uh, because i'm sure they must have seen data sets which say that you know um, violent stories about uh, masked men who are <laughs> uh who are defeated by vigilantes uh, in city settings works right. well and yeah. drives a truckload of watch time and that may have played Very a role well. but i do think that uh, that's that probably how would they look at it as opposed right. to you know the machine just saying we should make marvel superhero movies yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty self evident isn't it yeah. uh, but uh, right uh, let me ask you uh, one more kind of follow up to that right so 
Amazon and Netflix both. Right? I'm, I'm just trying to compare uh, to contrast what you're doing with what they're doing, right? Mm. So they do a lot of content acquisition as well, right? Whereas you are mostly looking at creating stuff internally and then distributing that. Yeah. Is that because your means of distribution are different than what they are? No, no, I distribute on them. <laughs> we just well, no, so you distribute yeah. through them, yeah, but, but I mean, like you distribute additionally as well, right? Yeah, I think it's sort of the world of media. Really, what happened is um, the world of media is got has got unbundled. Huh. You know, if you look at television, all media. Is funded only by two things: right. either the advertiser pays for it, or the subscriber, uh, or the subscriber pays for it. Yes. And now, in the case of the advertiser-funded models, you have these huge sort of audience marsh uh, lands called YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And because they're so large an audience, they make money by advertising, mm-hmm. right? And then they obviously all of them are buying their own subscription models as well. Right. And then you have sort of these uh, purely subscription-based services. Mm-hmm. So if you look at television, it was a combination of both these business models. And now what's happened is that these business models have become unbundled. Right. Uh, you have the inventory, which is all going to the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And, and then you have sort of the subscribers going to all of these people. So what you really have, what we sit is somewhere, we sit in the middle mm-hmm. uh, where we build our own media brands and distribute it on these ad-funded platforms. And sort of create content for the subscription platforms. Fair enough. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously, and that's also the kind of audience which you uh, work with is a lot more distributed. Yeah. You also create short form. So in stuff which goes on Instagram is not yeah. the same as stuff which I goes agree. on Netflix yeah. or anywhere. Short else. form and long form is really the two ways we look at it. I mean. Right. It's a very simplistic way to look at it, but uh, I mean, I call it whiskey and single malt. So whiskey is the stuff which you just you know put out day to day. Single malt is the six month script writing process. Right. Bake it in a cask, uh, and you know it has uh, a world. It has a flavor. Not that this doesn't, but you know this one is a lot more right. quicker. It's right. the stuff with you have the mixer and put it out there. It's okay. ad-funded. And, right. you know, that stuff is because you don't have any advertiser to please. It's purely the consumer. Right. It's stuff which you just build for them. But why, uh, on a tangential note to this, why do you think the short form, obviously there are lovers of the long form, right? The, yeah. The long form is always like high quality. And yeah. obviously it's like people who love going to the movies now love watching a good movie on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, if it's a Netflix original or whatever. Yeah. Right. I think so, it's a different uh, kind of... Uh, the kind of long form on Netflix and Prime and Netflix in many manners, actually HBO is the inventor of that. Okay. If you think about it, okay. it's a very uh, Netflix just happened to release it together. Correct. But you know the sort of the multi-season story arc uh, is uh, an HBO creation, and I think that's a very different form factor compared to a movie yeah. now. Right? A movie is such a, a movie somewhere actually in the middle of that and YouTube and YouTube. Yeah. Right? Oh, YouTube is a whole different yeah. uh, thing. YouTube, Facebook is all short. Yeah. When yes. it comes to short, right? What is this explosion with short and people's ability to consume it so rapidly? Yeah. What? I mean, what's this three minute or less rule, man? I keep hearing about. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's just video is the new text, right? Uh, it doesn't require to be linguistically involved. It is something in terms of uh, if you don't even know how to read a language, you can still watch a video and listen and actually get entertained. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big barrier in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's happened with Geo and Airtel is that everybody has now a prism right. look at the world through on their phones and uh, it's, uh, you know, 1080p mm-hmm. and they can look at anything that they want. Um, and that's really what caused this explosion of people saying oh okay they are eyeballs and we create more and we have now channels growing substantially larger uh, 
I mean, I think when we started, it was about eight to ten billion views. Is what YouTube did in India, which mm. was you know one in network in the US would do that on YouTube. Right. Today, it's probably I guess hundred billion views a month. Mm. Wow. Uh, in just four and a half years, uh, that's how it's grown. Um, so you know, whenever it's demand supply, right? right. Where there's demand, there will be supply, and sub demand in India, <laughs> especially mm. if it's free, it's, will just blow through the roof. Right. But why? Why do you think that? Uh, again, just to your, your thoughts on this, right? Why do you think that short form, uh, uh-huh. this, this like you know, this idea that. Uh, for YouTube and Facebook specifically, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like in these places, most videos that people are trying to make are they, they literally they, they they tell us that. Like, I mean, I met with like some YouTube people, and they're like three minutes or less. I'm like, I want to figure out if I should do video podcasts, and they're like one hour, one and a half hour. You know, they're like that is a very unlikely thing to work over. People there. here have a lot of time, but they <laughs> don't have so much attention. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a lot of time, but very little attention. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point uh, that Sheila Dutya makes because, you know, if I have like, you know, average I heard your duration spent on the phone uh, between an hour and a half right. to three and a half hours. Three and a half hours on the phone is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. But that's yeah. what people are spending, yeah. especially uh, millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Because you are time rich, but you are yeah. attention poor. Yeah. So what you'll end up doing is you'll end up watching for a hour, three hours. If I, if I get, you know, probably uh, I get... 40 emotional experiences by right. watching everything from a trailer to a music video to, to a, a cat emo- video to a cat video to a drama series uh, as I'm compared to being involved deeply right. on one sort of topic um, I think that's that's the curse of this generation right it's just the because that's what this has made us it right. requires a constant sort of dopamine yeah. has to be you know yeah. uh, exuded into your system right. uh, look at your feed that's exactly know, what yeah. it is you you go from one you know man burning and being tortured to death uh, in a violent sort of setting somewhere happening in middle of india right now and the next thing you know you're watching tom cruise in mission impossible yeah. and then you scroll one more in fact i heard the other day uh, at facebook that uh, in general an average uh, facebook user scrolls the height of uh, the statue of liberty oh. every day <laughs> every day that's, that's how much you, that's how much you scroll so wow uh, so their advice to creators especially advertisers right. is that you should make thumb stopping creative Oh. Uh, right thumb stopping creative because of the statue of liberty you right, uh, right. you are scrolling as much as the height of the statue right, of liberty right, right. so your creative should be so so good that you know that burger pops out man right. when you're going down the feed and you salivate madly and you click on it and you order it right away um that is that is uh, where we are in our culture <laughs> so, okay, wow. welcome welcome to push notifications <laughs> while you watch uh, ipl uh, which tell you to <laughs> buy a pizza yeah deplete your bank balance and put on weight and yes uh, <laughs> you don't know this but you are just an energy cell for giant, for our civilization yes <laughs> we live in a simulation yeah. we live yeah. in a simulation yes. and now the cracks are showing because we don't know what our brains are thinking <laughs> or hearing or i seeing. see i turned off uh, notifications on my phone 4 months or 5 months ago mm-hmm. all notifications yeah. especially whatsapp and sms because of spam right and i think it's uh, given me a very uh, pleasant view of life That's not being constantly interrupted is beautiful you guys should try it. so i stopped everything but uh, whatsapp and email hmm. uh, but that's the most uh, ping ping uh, so my whatsapp is silent uh, I, i i keep the notifications on but i don't let the noises come hmm. uh, but uh, other than that i stopped everything and man stopped just Facebook. various degrees of old people here no yeah. but <laughs> dude it's not that just that true, it's battery man seriously you turn this shit off and all of a sudden your battery multiplies by like 3 The other day, I think I actually took a deep sigh of relief when I put my phone into the charger. 
I actually uh, felt uh. physical relief <laughs> and I immediately felt disgusted with myself <laughs> that I felt physical relief for this extension. <laughs> wow. Yeah. On the on closing notes okay. of course I know we've been uh, talking about a whole bunch of things today. I, we mentioned briefly about how the next generation of machine generated videos and mm. of course as more people want to consume the the extent of human creations are only so much but if a machine starts doing it it will just explode right you'll yeah. create a, a million times more videos in the time a human would mm. where and how soon uh, are we going to see that or are we seeing it already are you even really here <laughs> <laughs> is this <laughs> is this reality <laughs> This is a deep fake of Amit Shah. <laughs> That's a... I know, I know, I know. You get that all the time? I get that all the time. I get uh, people tweeting me pictures of like collages, which like everybody looks like Amit Shah. Where are you? So I get all that stuff, man. I I think it will be a incredible sort of uh, next few years for creation tools, right? If you could write out a script, uh, imagine if you were to describe a fantastical land which doesn't exist and uh, the machine could actually conjure it up without any render times and you know actually show it right there and then you could as you shift your script you could actually shift the landscape of what it renders. Mm. Uh, I think that would be incredible movies. Imagine the level of detailing which you could you know i read graphic novels uh, while gro- i read a lot of them while growing up and obviously one of the kings of graphic novels is uh, sort of alan moore mm-hmm. and um, when moore used to describe uh, his frames uh, he would actually even include the phase of the moon right the light it casts the uh, color of the sky literally to a level of detail which is ridiculous hmm. and then the artist would take that and render it out right imagine that as a writer if you were to able to write a detailed sort of setting and the machine was to just like beautifully conjure it up and if you were to change it it would actually you know actually change that in real time and right. show that to you uh, imagine the kind of fantastical worlds that you could conjure that would be amazing i That'd wish i was born amazing. 20 years later yeah seriously you know, we, yeah it's all the time right yeah. you'll feel that every day now <laughs> yeah. you are that age now that every you, you no longer you don't know look back and say i wish i was 20 right now yeah, yeah we we are probably once it, this happens we probably won't be able to see it because we can't see these higher frequencies of video yeah, or, or something like or hear things or whatever yeah. exactly but wow thanks so much for this thank you yeah. illuminating yeah. session <laughs> so I, mean, I, I I grunted uncomfortably at that. <laughs> where uh, where do people uh, talk to you on Twitter? I'm not there. You're not on Twitter. I, I'm not on Twitter. Where uh, I'm there so on Twitter, but I don't actually check it often. So how do folks uh, get in touch with you? Obviously, you'll join our Slack channel, but uh, where else? <laughs> uh, uh, well, so Samir, that's S A M W E R at Culture Machine dot in uh, is a good way to get in touch. Um, in and uh, or on Facebook, I guess it's easier. Awesome. Cool. And uh, as Shilajit mentioned, we have a Slack channel. Please join. It is uh, come to the website ivmpodcast.com/junior1. Over there, there's a button saying join the Slack channel. Push that button, and then we'll send you an invite to join the Slack channel. Also, please make sure that you give us uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Those things help. And uh, yeah. All right. Talk to you next week, guys. <laughs>